sickness. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Open up your head and let it flow into me. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. Normally, this would be a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect, but we're not going to do that this week. It's the holidays. Y'all are fat, you're happy, you're sitting around trying to make the best of this pandemic life. You don't have the energy to really pay attention to a podcast, so we weren't about to give you like an in-canon episode when you're not going to listen to it, but we thought maybe we'd throw something out there that like, you know, you can come back to later, that we, you know, for, for the ages, just be out there for the ages, and you can enjoy it at your leisure. So allow me to welcome you to the Geek Down Sickness Holiday Spectacular. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am one half of the Geek Down podcast. I've been threatening you with this for weeks, friends, that I would do this for you, that I would investigate what the sickness is. If you're a longtime listener of the show, you know what the sickness is. That is my predilection for spending as much as my, of my disposable income as possible on the purchase of vinyl records. It is not my first sickness. It's not the first outlet for burning away all my disposable income. There have been others. And through most of these pursuits, I have always been joined by someone. It's never a solo pursuit. The sickness is not a solitary activity. So I knew if I was going to do the Geek Down Holiday Sickness Spectacular, there was only one person I could call. And that is friend of the show and friend of me, Mr. Jeffrey Malosh. Hi. It's a pleasure to be on the Geek Down podcast. Jordan is correct. I am no stranger to the sickness. We have been partners in sickness for decades. Mr. Malosh. Yes. How do we know each other? Uh, you know, our, our relationship is one of those things, kind of like a, a childhood memory that you recall because you've been told it so many times, I think. <laughs> uh, I, I know we became friends uh, in early elementary school. Um, I, I believe the first time uh, one of us went to the other's home was like grade one. Um, but I don't, I don't remember the White House on Duff Ave. Uh, I, I don't, I don't remember being inside. I don't, um, I don't know if you ever were. Yeah. I remember, uh, I remember going to your house, but I don't, I don't recall you coming to my house till the second house I grew up in. Anyway, we've been, we've been knowing each other. We've been knowing each other. Oh yeah. And yeah. we have been up and down the roads through many sicknesses, loving music, playing music, buying music. And that's really what prompted me wanting to have this little, this little investigatory chat if you will i've been looking forward to it i i jordan has uh, uh spoken to me about doing it but hasn't given me an indication of what he wants to discuss so i i'm quite excited well because i've been listening to i mentioned on the show before that i was listening to this podcast called 60 songs that explain the 90s and oh, okay. there's there's a lot of chat on there about you know when you're talking about a specific song, say, you know, the gin blossoms or such, like, how did you find this? Where did it come to you from? Because friends, you need to understand your mans and Mr. Malosh are old. You're making my tombstone. You have no internet. We are elderly. So we are probably the last generation that really had to pay for music. Yeah. Yeah. In that regard, like going to see, a music store to buy CDs. And we didn't even have really have a CD store in the town we grew up in. We couldn't even yeah. really buy music if we wanted to. There was no music store. It's, it's one of the fond things I recall, to be honest, is that because we'd have to drive for about half an hour, we'd have time to listen to what we purchased. <laughs> Good. Very excellent point. Oh, my 
poor father who had to listen to Snaps the Power on Casingle <laughs> the drive the drive back. <laughs> oh my poor father. Um but we come from the we have seen many avenues of music consumption. And when I listen to these yeah. podcasts where they are waxing nostalgic about how it used to be when your twenty five, maybe thirty five dollars Canadian, like you were taking a risk. You did not have Spotify. You can just hop on YouTube and listen to the entire thing and say, you know what? That's a good, that's a good investment. Yeah. I don't know if I'm jumping the gun, but if I think about my record collection versus my CD collection, like, uh, there were stains on my CD collection. <laughs> oh, the record collection is far more curated and, yes. and taken care of than the CD collection was, which I mean, I mean, we'll probably hop around a bit. I, I do have questions, but one of the questions was really like, what was, it's the, it's the opposite of the question I have down, which is what's the, what did you eat it the most on? Like what song do, cause friends, we come from the era where there was one hot song. So you bought the album and then got home and the album was bunk. Oh, what album did you eat it on the most? Oh man. We're like, uh, whew. Like, yeah, you bought it for the single because the single was great. And then there was nothing else good. Zero. Oh, man. Do you do you have I feel like I need prep time. Do you have one that I, to talk about while I can think on my own? The one that popped into my head was a Canadian band from like the mid to late 90s called the Killjoys. Yeah. yeah. Had a song called Today I Hate Everyone, which was just like, you know, from the 90s lab, like. <laughs> guaranteed play on much music you just had some guys in coveralls playing a song called today i hate everyone with some like you know light power punk chords um and i bought that and there wasn't a goddamn thing on it worth a damn besides that and even that song it, you know a bad album will make you hate the song you bought it for in the first place it's like i like this song before i bought the album i'm trying to yeah because i i don't know that i could put them in that category like i, I know i bought the first Sponge album. Um, oh, Detroit, Detroit area band Sponge, yes. But what was the name of that single? Um, Plowed? But I, 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 what was coming to mind as you were talking, and I don't know if this fits the question specifically, um, but I remember eventually almost hating myself for actually purchasing a Limp Bizkit album. Um, <laughs> because I knew I wasn't a fan. Mm. Uh, and I'm not trying to, you know, bring shame to Limp Bizkit. It just personally, I, I knew they, I wasn't a they fan. They don't need any help on that front. Okay, okay. Uh, and it's like, to, if I'm being honest, taking it a step further, uh, probably one of the times where I totally fell into, like, a conformity mentality. It was mm. just like, well, everybody... Everybody likes this Limp Bizkit right now. I guess I, I'll grab it. I'll pick it up and give it a listen. And yeah, I don't know that. Uh, I mean, okay, N Nookie's got a decent groove. I was I'm gonna, I was gonna say, if if there's anything, take away the rest of the song, just that opening <laughs> loop flip, whatever yeah. that Nookie yeah. comes in and goes out on. That's. That's pretty hot. I'll give I it. Suppose... I'll give it to Lethal for that one. Yeah, yeah, I was. That's what I was gonna say. Is like, and again, I'm, I'm not. I don't know the man personally, but if you take Fred out of the equation, <laughs> like, 
you've got good musicians, you know, like Wes Borland, super talented, DJ Lethal. Like th these are people who have proven themselves in, in other areas. Right. But yeah. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good answer though. I, nobody, nobody bought a Limp Bizkit album initially because they're, listen, I'll, I'll cop to it. There were some Limp Bizkit songs that I liked, um, but nobody bought that record because they had a passion for it themselves. It was just all your friends were buying it. Like, yeah. Yeah. I remember being like an event where like, I don't even know if you were with, I remember going with a couple other cats to like buy significant other when it came out. I don't know if you were with us that day, but like, I remember that was a thing. Like we went on release day. Oh God, I'm just airing all my shit out today. <laughs> like went yeah. on release day to buy significant other. You, you want to air shit out. I remember, <laughs> I remember you and I oh God. going to family values to see ice cube. I just brought that. that is, I just brought that up the other day to somebody. Did you? Now that is a noble quest. However, the way I dressed because Corn and Limp Bizkit and all those other bands were performing, like, yeah, like. Oh, I, it I may back. have been the only time in my life I was just hanging out in a sleeveless undershirt. Yeah. <laughs> in the nosebleeds of the Palace of Auburn Hills. You know, it's amazing. Hmm. Now that you say that, I think I actually was wearing my Limp Bizkit outfit the other day. <laughs> I came home from work and I was getting changed. So I had a sleeveless undershirt on with like a pair of basketball shorts. <laughs> wow. Fantastic. Well, I guess all of that is to say, to lead up to the actual discussion of the sickness, this specific sickness. Again, Yo. not our first. You and I have gone through comic books and designer toys and i don't yeah. know if you had any others i veered off into sneakers for a hot second um i don't know if you had yeah. any others besides comics and and art toys um, i think i i think what's interesting is most most of them we've always kind of done it together um whether you started and i enjoyed it or you know we just kind of discovered things together i think for a while there i had a problem with books you've been talking about books lately too it takes many takes many forms, y'all. But specifically, <laughs> when it comes to records, having seen, you know, I the first thing I ever owned musically was Thriller on LP. Like, and you're saying like your your own? You knew it was your copy. It, it was mine. Yes, my okay. My, <laughs> one of my earliest memories. I did not feel good. My parents bought me, this is going to be so gross. My parents bought me a copy of Michael Jackson's Thriller because everybody had to have it. It was the 84 or whatever. Yeah. They brought it back. They showed it to me. I got so excited. I vomited on it. And to this day, you can see a vomit stain on the inner sleeve of my copy of Thriller. That's how you know it's mine. So we have seen records. We went to tapes. We went to CDs. Yep. We have now been to streaming. And I was at a point in my life where I thought, like, okay, this is it. No no physical nothing. I'm purging it all. I'll, I'll take it a step further if I can say it. I know I was at a point where I said, I'll never pay for music again. Mm. And I don't even mean, like, uh, like streaming. Like, of course, I'll pay for streaming services. But, like, you know, okay, is this bad? Uh, is this bad? <laughs> uh, um you, you know, it, it, it was easy to, to access things online. And it was kind of like, this This is all right. Because oh, I the, the initial free-for-all of Napster and early file sharing was just, well, again, if, when you and I were coming from an era of like, you know, you did not want to buy, you did not want to find or import or, you know, whatever, the fucking yeah. Redhead Kingpin al album because you liked one song. 
Yeah, and, and I guess, you know what, even if I can't recall, uh, I do know that that was part of my thought where it was like, okay, I've been burned on a CD so many times. And like, listen, like we were, you know, late teens, early 20s, like we didn't have no full-time jobs, like money. I don't know if we're getting into poor brain later as part of the sickness, because <laughs> I think that is part of it. But anyway, um, you know, yeah, like when it was, you know, able to access things differently, it was kind of like, I think I've invested my money. Like, I honestly, it was like, I've given a lot of money to this industry. <laughs> you, that have, you have had enough and you have not delivered on your end of the bargain. You have not always fulfilled me. Um, so, yeah, 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 for sure. Definitely. Which brings me to the question, how did we get here? What? Why records? Why are we both back at records? Okay. I, I think I do know the and do you have one for yourself? I, I have I have a couple answers, yes. But if you're if you don't okay. need, if you don't need me to buy you some time, by all means, son, go no. on. I I, th I think for me, what it was is um, I eventually acquired all of the records that would have been uh, in the house growing up. So what would have been like my parents' records, my you know the ice cream tubs of forty fives, <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> my aunt's records, and I want to say. <clears throat> that I maybe, because this would have been a sickness, like a concert souvenir, mm. maybe I bought an album. Um, so my wife bought me uh, a record player for my birthday one year. And I think it was just to kind of, you know, to be able to access some of the, some of the stuff that we have. Cause I think you and I got in and I'm not like to pat us on the back before the fad exploded. Like we've always loved music. There was a genuine interest in this, format for us um probably related back to our childhood and stuff whatever uh anywho so she bought me a, a record player for my birthday uh what did she get me i got purple rain um and i think she found me this maybe she's responsible for the 1977 obsession i think a billy joel record <laughs> we'll get to that we'll get to that in a minute oh i figured um i think she wanted to find rumors but couldn't anyway so yeah she i, I was gifted a record player and a couple albums and then I, I even recall like oh this is great you know like uh that's what it'll be like you know if i go to a concert i'll grab a record like we'll just have a small collection <laughs> people <laughs> if you <see> oh oh <laughs> you, you know you know what my thought was what when i was purging everything, i was like i'm gonna rip all my cds get it all yeah. digital get the CDs out of here, free up the shelf space. I'll get a turntable and I'll buy like my top 10 albums and that'll be it. <laughs> Just those. I can stream everything else. I can download everything else, anything else I want. That's all I will do. That was a, that was a crazy time back then. Yeah. So folks, you can't see the room I'm sitting in, obviously. <laughs> um, take some photos. We'll post them on Twitter when I post this episode. Okay. Yeah. I just, uh, it's embarrassing, but it's like a, a a bonus room above the garage. So it's like it's not like this this space is interfering with anybody's ability to live. Um, but yeah, okay, there are just like boxes of oh, well, you know someone who has a record player, you take them these. Um, so there are things I've purchased, of course, but then just like. Like I just gotta clean up. Like I'm staring at a Bob and Doug McKenzie album, a Stomp and Connor, I, a Stomp and Tom Connors. I just need to touch on the like blessed existence of Jeff Malosh, which is whenever <laughs> word gets out that he's a collector of anything, people just are like magnetically pulled to him with that thing. 
that they don't want in their basements anymore. And it ends up at Jeff's house. I feel like you got multiple boxes of comics thrown at you when you were, <laughs> yeah, when we were into comics. And now that it's records, it's like you have like 17 Nana Muscuri re- records because like people were just like, oh, you like records here. <laughs> Nana's in the box. Over I'm staring at Burl Ives. <laughs> There's a fucking Burl, Burl Ives. Ives. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not wrong. I, I guess we just didn't, we didn't know anybody who had collected vinyl toys, <laughs> but everything else. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think for me, what brought me to records was I found myself, I had same kind of story. I think, I think somebody had gifted me a record or two. Somebody had given me a copy of Dill's Donuts. That's what it was on vinyl. Oh, yeah. Um, Perfect. Perfect. And I think also then later on, somebody had gifted me when they were selling off portions of Dill's record collection on eBay. Somebody had bought me one of those records. It's like, here's one of Dilla's records. Oh my God, that's amazing. But I have nothing to listen to it on. So I went and got my first hundred dollar turntable, whatever. And then that just gives you an excuse to go to record stores. Yep. (laughs) And you start flipping. And I don't know if we were before the boom. I think the boom was already happening, but we were right on the cusp before it went nuclear. I feel like we remember when most new records were 20 bucks. Um, Yeah. 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 Now it's like 35 to $40, which is crazy and even like the the like because for me it was i would just start digging through bins and you'd see oh p rock sampled this for something or i just started collecting sample source type shit Um, me too yeah and for me i think part of it was i just was getting really kind of burned out on streaming as a practice like it was really kind of commodifying music to me in a way that like i hadn't experienced before and being back in a place where like you had to actively listen more like yeah. you put i've said this a few places like if you put on songs in the key of life side a you're not skipping a song you don't like you are with it for the entire side of the album until it stops um you can't and there's do, probably, probably no song you should actually skip yeah <laughs> that's why i picked that so i picked that one as an example but i mean e- even on shittier ones where it's like Maybe I yeah. don't know it that well. Maybe it was a $5 cop of something I knew one song on, but you know, whatever you throw it on and you listen to every song on there. And yeah. just, I liked that. It made me records brought me like brought a connection back to music for me. That streaming had kind of like taken away where streaming just became this kind of like gave me this dull hum in my headphones as I like rode the bus or, you know, yeah. Walk the city or was at work type of thing records really brought me back this um like a real like tactile enjoyment of it and you mentioned earlier about like it is a way to support the artists you know everybody talks about how streaming is like not you know you get an eighth of a penny for every stream um that gets played on spotify you know i can listen to moonchild on spotify it can be my top artist of the year or mime my top artist of the year on spotify and my spotify wrapped was mime this japanese like soul okay. band they're not a big band my streams probably got them 47 cents on the year yeah but i've bought two of their 7 inches yeah, in you my know? rap, uh, I was congratulated for 
uh, discovering a band and listening to them before their most popular song reached 50,000 listens or something. Mm. So it's like, yeah, you know, especially now, right? Like there are artists, if it's a new purchase, you're providing them with, with an income. If you're buying it from their store or, or their site directly. And I guess even, you know, if you can get to a shop, you know, sure, these are used records. You're not supporting the artist any longer. But now uh, with all the COVID craziness, like you're, you're helping someone maintain their livelihood. Yeah. So I do have some. Which other... I'll vote my wife is a reason for me to be able to buy more records. <laughs> it's a, it's a, listen, we are never at a shortage of means to justify this, this business. <laughs> yeah. As you were talking, I was thinking like um, one thing that I found early on in the collecting and, and maybe not so much uh, now, but uh, I don't really even want to give them credit, but uh, cat hair music where you could, uh, purchase three albums for ten dollars right um for for me it was kind of like this what, what you were saying where like so i had a, a peter gabriel greatest hit cd i love peter gabriel well even with that cd or, or or the streaming like i could listen to the songs i liked and knew but there were so many like uh album tracks i i had never heard so you know you you buy I think I bought his first four solo albums for yeah, under $20. You know what I mean? Um, and, and then it was like, oh my gosh, I've, I've never heard this song before. Um, and, and now I have to listen, like you said, to the whole album. Um, even Elton John, I think, same thing. I had like a greatest hits in, in high school and then bought, I don't know, tons of his catalog because it was inexpensive. Um, but then forces you to be like, oh my gosh, Levon's a great song. Why does Tiny Dancer get all the attention? It's fantastic. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> you know, Le you know, Levon is a great song. Um, you described something in there that I think we have all felt, something I felt recently as well, where I just I hit a hot streak of like 5 to $7 like yeah. classics, like standard bits. Like I, was at Rotate this, I was at Rotate This in Toronto and they had obviously bought somebody's collection and it was like, Teddy P seven dollars, Barry White seven dollars, McFadden and Whitehead seven dollars, yeah, Sister Sledge ten dollars, and you're like, ooh, we have hit, we have hit a mine, we've hit a vein of ore here in this mine, this dig, <laughs> and we are just, we are just pulling them out, and it never happens when you expect it, but something flares in you when that happens, and this brings me sort of to uh, a three part question we had submitted from a guest. Okay, excellent. Someone who who is not uh, who's not. Does not suffer from the sickness. Has the sickness is not understood by all. <laughs> has witnessed it, but does not understand it. So we will uh, welcome okay. the, fo the following questions from my co-host, your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Ah, excellent. Actually, I have, a, I have like a three-part question. Okay. Okay. So the first question is, when is the, what's the first thing that got you hooked into a sickness. I know you both have a variety of them. Um, like what, what is that moment where you were like, Oh, I need to have all of those or I need, I need this. Um, the second is the quest. Second question. The second part is when did you realize you had the sickness? Like when was that moment where you were like, Oh, this might be a problem. <laughs> Or like, it's it's a problem, but I don't care. I have got, I must have these. Um, and I understand that 
my brain is broken. Um, and the third is like, do you have a place you'd get to where it, you, you would know it would just, you would stop. Like, is there a, a, a place or a threshold where you would stop? Those are my questions for you people who are very, very ill and need help. Are uh, these questions submitted by Caitlin or my wife? <laughs> does, does your wife have access to Caitlin? She might. She may have. She may have submitted them on her behalf. Uh, and because you know, you talk about Caitlin not understanding but witnessing. Uh, you tell me how much you want me to go in on this, but there has been some significant, not not heated, like like decent, just significant conversation as of late. Uh, as far as my. My, my wife's name is Janice, so I can stop calling my wife. My wife. And Janice's um, <clears throat> misunderstanding of the sickness. She's incredibly supportive. Don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, like, when does it end, Jeff? Like, w- w- will there just always be more? Well, I mean, yeah. And Kate, we may not, uh, we may not um, answer these in order. We may just all kind of like take them as a piece as we as we discuss. But yeah, I can go back. I know my answer to the first one. It's whatever you prefer. Uh, okay. Well, okay. Well, I, I have a question that I can tag on to the end of your responses. So answer Kate's questions first. Okay. So the first one was, what was it that first started a sickness? The first time you realized the first sickness you had. I, I honestly, and this is not what I mentioned earlier, where it's a memory you've been told so many times. Like I, I think of you and I sitting on the porch of my parents' house on Kentucky. And uh, for some reason, what's popping into my head is the uh, Todd McFarlane Spider-Man cover of the one where he's getting booted out of the uh, apartment. That was the first Spider-Man uh, comic I ever bought. It, well, it's mine now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I own I own the first comic you ever bought. Jeff, Mal- Jeff, Jeff Malosh owns every, every first comic I ever bought. If if that's not enough to detail the sickness, you, I, I have in my possession, the first comic you ever bought. That I probably traded you for some X factor hunk of garbage no, that ended up think, in the. I think the joke was always like, I had some Heathcliff comics that you hadn't read or something. <laughs> like it wasn't even, Yeah. Yeah, we were obviously not reading Wizard magazine back then, so. No. But I think <laughs> it was like, like, "Oh man, that's so dope! Can I have it?" And I was like, "Sure, I already read it. Like, I don't, I don't need it anymore." Yeah, <laughs> and I, I don't know who I was. I was actually talking to someone about this, about this recently. Maybe it was Janice, and her eyes glazed over. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but the idea that like comics would be the first sickness, probably that you and I shared, mm. um, and. Just okay. So, I mean, if uh, if you're a wordsmith, we we could say that I am uh, pretty good with a pencil and a piece of paper. Yeah, you ain't, uh, you ain't bad. I can draw a picture, um, and, and I just think like, yeah, I, I, I'm sure I am not the first to say it, but seeing Todd McFarlane's Spider Man was just like, holy smokes, um, yeah. And then I think it was after that it was like, well, how do I? how to get my hands on some more of that just because it's so visually appealing. Right. Um, you know, and then, okay. I mean, we, we were kids in the early nineties. So you discovered Jim Lee and you know what I mean? Like you just, these artists that were just literally changing the game. 
you know, shoved in front of me. And, and it was, uh, it was pretty amazing. But, but then like, what, what makes it shift? Cause like, that would have been us as like teenage. Like, I want to say we were what, like 14, 15, 16, like, well, that carried us off and on pretty well into our mid to late twenties. Yeah. Like I know we took a break. Like there was a definite good chunk of, I want to say uh, 10, 10 years would probably be extreme, but like, you know, a little bit greater than five where I don't think we were involved. Um, or maybe I wasn't and you were, I don't know. And, and then we kind of got sucked back in. But by that point, things shifted so much to, to the writer aspect. Yeah. Um, obviously there were still fantastic artists, but I suppose for Caitlin's original question, uh, the art of Todd McFarlane drawing Spider-Man uh, is what sucked me in. And then I guess it's to understand or, or define the sickness. Like it just, it transforms like, you know, okay. If we want to be honest, like there's, there's an obsessive component, like an, an obsessive compulsive, if not like, you know, uh, a debilitating form. Um, there are aspects of it for sure. Like the pursuit and the, you know, you, you talk about deep diving sometimes, like that's part of it. There's no way that isn't part of the sickness. And, mm the knowledge and the wanting to know and how to obtain and like, fuck, like you got a record list. I know you do. We, how many comic book lists were in my pocket at all times. So that when we were in Allen park, Michigan and found a comic book store, like (laughs) shit, you think they got issue 300 and whatever of daredevil? Just in case you gotta know. You gotta know. And I guess, so this then ties into like, the question that popped into my head, which I guess also addresses, you know, when does it end and how did you know you had a sickness? Yeah. Um, you and I talk frequently about <laughs> the sickness. Yep. How it is manifesting in our lives and what, how, how we are dealing with it, accepting or rejecting it at any given, at any given point. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever worried about me? Uh. Have you, have I ever been yeah. off on a tear where you have been, where you have hung up the phone and been like, he's on one. Yeah, probably. <laughs> have you ever worried about me? Yes. Yeah. Re- so rec- I, I recently, gonna... like, yeah, yeah. Fair, fair. And, and, and let me, cause I have, I have no, no problem admitting this. Uh, I, uh, I speak to a mental health professional <laughs> <laughs> regularly and, um, in, in uh, our most recent session, because, yeah, it was just time-wise, I, I, you know, th- things were, were pretty good. Uh, I wanted to talk to him uh, about the sickness. Um, wanted to understand because, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know what you were going to ask me. I didn't know what the questions were, but I was kind of just thinking about stuff early on um, or earlier earlier today, realizing, like, yeah, like I um, discovered a band, Idols, came home and ordered all three of their LPs, you know, in a casual conversation, you laughed at me. Well, this is maybe when you were concerned uh, about appreciating early Coldplay. So I bought my wife their first three albums. That like, is exactly the moment where I was. Yeah. <laughs> where I was like, I hope the phone was like, oh, he's just buying shit now. Yeah. Like, I don't know if this is pandemic. I don't know if he's me and, you know, if he's hitting the point I was. And I was going, I went back and listened to old for, you know, comfort. <laughs> To remind myself it's better now. I go back. I I went back and listened to old episodes of the show from uh, from like April, April and May. Yeah, around the time where my trip went to shit, and I was on oh, yeah. one. Yeah, after and, and I, after that trip tanked. 
And I suppose, and that's the thing where it's like, worried, concerned? Yeah, probably. And maybe this is just another part of the sickness too. But but always finding a justification. Like, <laughs> you know, like... like He's fully know, in control. He's fine. Well, or, or even just to say like, hey, listen, like we established it at the top, like I, I've been a part of your life. Like that trip was huge and, and I can't minimize it. And for it to, to fall apart through no, you know, nothing you could control, but then to just kind of be like, well, fuck, I can't buy them over there. I'll find them. I'll get them. Like, <laughs> like I was thinking, and this was going to be one of my questions because I, I'm afraid, like, if you stop and even just quick mental math, like, I don't know if, if we want to even just say since March, I'd, I'd be terrified to actually calculate how, um, how much was spent because I mean, you in probably two particular instances I can think of spent more than a month's rent on records. I don't know that I've ever passed the rent point. I do like to feel that I have moments where I can stop where I do hit the panic point And maybe that's poor brain. I, I, I don't, <laughs> The fact that I don't feel comfortable saying, like, guesstimating a total of what I spent since, like, March on imports yeah. um, probably says something. I do know that I hit a point in – when was it? I have the order in front of me. <laughs> I hit a point in August where I was, like, fucking chill. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Put, and I remember. Put yeah. a pin in it. You are out of control. And then I didn't really buy anything until my birthday. A couple months okay. later. So if I look at the purchases from quarantine, they got a little pricey. Basically yeah. spending what I would have spent in Japan. Is that responsible? No. People are going to be like, you save that money for when you do go to Japan. But I was salty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if I look at the dates, it was a chunk of change every time, but it was like a chunk of change and then six weeks and maybe another smaller chunk of change. It, there was a wave. There was an ebb and flow. Um, yeah. And maybe it was just timing. Maybe me worrying about you or you were like, I'm buying all the Coldplay was like, <laughs> was like, it just seemed like you were calling me about Radiohead bootlegs and, and the yeah. parachutes was getting re-released and Janice really likes Coldplay. So I bought them all and the Deftones album. And I was like, he makes more money than me, but he's, this is is this what talking to me is like when i when i discover <laughs> japanese records like well and i suppose that's you know and i, I don't know if this is because uh, it doesn't matter like the sickness is the sickness but uh sometimes i feel like your well there's a balance here like your sickness is maybe a little no this isn't the right way to say it i wanted to say it's easier to control that's not what i mean like you have very specific lanes the issue simply is that your lane is more costly, yes. whereas I just, it's vast. <laughs> so, like, I And this is not always true, but I think for right. the most part, I am a laser and you are a spread gun. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and the spread gun for you, and this leans into the other question I have, which was the, the guiding principles. Friend, if you, friends, if you want a, like, you know, as long version of this, maybe longer, you can go on the show's YouTube page. And, and the only video really on it is me 
talking about the records I bought in quarantine for 40, for, for like 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> if you, you want to see all these records and I talk about the slap to dollar ratio, which is my guiding, what I try to guide right. my guiding principle. Yeah. And this ties into poor brain as well, because I don't have, you may not, if you, if you looked at my discogs page, you might be like, you're full of shit, but I'm not a wealthy individual. I'm for a single man without any children who lives alone. <laughs> I, am okay but i can't just go out and like buy original pressings of brazilian records at cosmos like uh, every right. every weekend like there has to be some selection there and for me it is the slap to dollar ratio and that is if you didn't see the video which none of you did <laughs> the more expensive a record is the more it has to slap i if a record only has one slap on it and it's four dollars cool yeah, if a record if a record's 120 dollars and it either has multiple slaps or like a top five all time slap. Yeah. That makes it worthwhile for me. What I find confusing sometimes is your guiding principle is the year 1977. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And I mean, you know, again, I think we can, um, you've said this before, like we can say pretty much anything to one another. <laughs> um, and you were like, you know you can't have them all, right? <laughs> it's and I was like, not yeah. a run to fill. This is not Chris yeah. Claremont's X-Men. There's not a stopping point here. And, and it's so <laughs> so interesting that you're saying all this. So when was that? I don't think it was last week, maybe the week before, was, was my uh, appointment with Dr. Chris. What up, Dr. Chris? You're not listening. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I think... He, he actually said he wanted to take some time away to, to, to think about this. Like we would follow up in our next uh, appointment because, uh, oh, okay. You know, like you've been my friend for a long time. We always joked that I had OCD. Uh, Dr. Chris will not uh, yet anyway. Um, what's the word? Not identify, but. Well, um, diagnose. We, we always I used think... it. We always used it colloquially, which is not yes. fair. It's a, we're not, we're not. Basically, well, it meant anytime you were being thorough about something, we were calling it OCD. But that's not what it—that's not the clinical definition. Of no, no. But but he, you know, he's always said that. Uh, sure, tendencies. I, I definitely have uh, OCD-like tendencies. He's never diagnosed me with being full-fledged. And, and I kind of said to him when we were talking about the sickness, like, you know, it doesn't stop me from putting food on the table. It, it yes. doesn't stop. It's me. not. That's why we don't call it an addiction. It's not an addiction. It doesn't impede right. our lives. And that's what I thought. And I still do. But I couldn't tell if when I said that, if he was like, I'm going to think about you having that attitude a little more. <laughs> I didn't know if he was agreeing with me like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, you're not, um, you're not saying I gotta have that album. Sorry that our son can't have, you know, pizza on Friday. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, like I, I'm not, I'm not there. Uh, but I, I couldn't tell if he was saying like me, me saying that was bad or if he was like, yeah, okay. Okay. Fine. Good point. I remember once when I worked at um, the alt weekly back in Windsor, writing an article, trying to write a, like a feature on like, you know, collecting. Cause basically I was always just milking my own interest for story ideas. Uh, <laughs> and realizing at the time I tried to go down the lane of like, you know, what, what, what do the experts say? What does psychiatry say about, oh, about, uh, about collecting? And 
nobody really had anything there weren't at, yeah. at that time there were no real like you know academic studies or conclusions about the collecting impulse which is yeah. different from i say it's different from hoarding some people <laughs> might dispute that but given uh, the actually, given the curation aspect of it i'm going to say it's yeah. not hoarding i've sold yeah. i've sold records i've gotten rid of records like if there are records yeah. uh you know have you I've, ever given a record away have I ever given a, I've given you records. <laughs> yeah, okay. Cause, Cause I was going to say, I think that's important. Like I had um, a beach boys album and a, a, a colleague, a friend of mine at work, a huge, huge beach boys fan. And we'll get back to it. I know we will. He kind of appreciated my 77 obsession. And, and this is what he was born in 71 and it was uh surfs up from 71. Mm. I gave it to him. Like I just, I knew it would mean more to him. So that again, kind of says like, yeah, I'm not, overboard but please finish your thought and then i i definitely have some of my own dad and as far as the like you know distinction between hoarding and collecting like i have had donated to me at times like decent records i had a first canadian press of the first ramones album which just says just as a like collector it's like oh it's a thing i should have but you know when i was not as flush as i as i currently am and i was looking to call some shit i sold it like i didn't it didn't didn't i didn't need to have it as like a thing i was fine with you know selling it because it didn't really appeal to me on that level i believe my theory is that and it's it's a somewhat dark theory is that there's been some writing that you know part of collecting is like the cultivation of a specialized knowledge base and like the the deep diving thing for me right like it's being able to walk into the you know cratery record exchange in toronto which is like the head the headiest of the heads and stopping at some bin of you know anime soundtracks and talking with some dude you never met about yuji ono and you know his loop in the third soundtracks and how right. do- and how dope they are and that essentially that that and everything associated with it however it manifests in your own collection and whatever you're collecting allows you to have control of your life in a way that you probably don't have in many other ways that's all I was going to add in a moment. <laughs> okay. We are on board for yep. that. It's how we manage the chaos of our lives. Uh, yeah. And I think, and, and I'm not, um, I'm not quoting Dr. Chris. I'm not saying he didn't say these things. I, I do think some of it is, is me arriving at my, my own thoughts after our discussion, but like, okay, <laughs> you and Caitlin have talked about these things. So I have an anxiety disorder <laughs> and anxiety kind of being defined as all like, the best uh, people do mr Malish. Yeah, yeah this is true this is true like it's 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 the fear of things you can't control right and i think the the, the planning and, and not just records but like how i plan things and my lists and and all that stuff it is an attempt to bring control to the unknown you know like trying to for my own mental health uh steer this ship and and I do think that especially, and I'm not, I, I don't want to make this too like COVID heavy, but I think since March, my, my purchasing has been more so like, obviously I, I have not been able to drive to see you so we could roam the streets and, and hit shops. And, you know, it, it's been, I've purchased what's accessible. Um, right. And, and that very much, I think is, uh, you know, do you want to joke and call it retail therapy? Like it's, it's, it's a control piece, I think. And it's in, when there is so much unknown, um, 
this this is control to a certain extent. And so is it dark? I think it's real. And then it makes me question, has it just always been that way? Has it always been that way? Maybe. You know? I mean, for me, one thing I definitely feel in this iteration specifically, I have made a, I have jumped fuller afoot into Discogs than you have. Um, Yes. I'm scared. (laughs) And for me, part of it is, like, I make jokes about how I turn into the gif of the woman doing the blonde lady doing calculus as i try to figure out how i can maximize my dollar right like who's got what i want what else do they have how am i going to save on that shipping and when i score when i get a fucking great batch of records from the same person when i have that like that's the dig for me that feels like (laughs) like i've won something you know like that's that's the win when you are like out in those digital crates and you are okay, well, this seller, Peaceful Records has this album I want. They also have a couple other things. Let me go through their inventory. Okay, so they, not only have I found six records that I can get all in one delivery to save on the shipping, he's going to shave off another 15, you know, 15, 20% for, you know, the fact that I got six records. Like, I'm just winning. The fact that it may have cost me $150 for all those records, that's negligible. (laughs) I I won. (laughs) And that's, that's the side that's not going to make sense to people who do not have the sickness. But I do think, I do think we both, as worried as we may have been at different points for each other, I do think we can hit that wall. Either we see it in the eyes of the people around us or we just, yeah, we just feel it ourselves. Yeah. I I genuinely believe. Okay. So probably, like you said, around the time that you were concerned, um, what had actually happened is um, I, I had said, uh, Janice and I had kind of talked because there had been a lot of records coming into the house. <laughs> and uh, basically it was just kind of like, she didn't say this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not putting words in her mouth, but it, it was kind of like, okay, <laughs> if you can't always justify if it's the right thing, let's just talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I want to get this record. What do you think? Um and I think what happened is with those Coldplay albums, I just sat down and bought them for her. Now, we we can talk about that scene from The Simpsons that is pretty funny if you'd like. But, like, she doesn't have the sickness, right? Like, she just said, oh, man, early Coldplay play was great. Now, for her, the, the the piece to that is that she she lived in Britain when that album came. Like, that was a huge thing to be a part of. Right. Um, you know, so she was really more just kind of relating that to me. My brain hops on Amazon and orders the first three albums. Right. So after that, it was like, okay, how do we, how do we chill a bit? Let's talk about everything. Pardon me. Prior to that, we had talked about chilling out and then I ordered those four. So we had a talk. And I suppose if at that point it was like, Jeff, this has got to stop. I, I don't think, I think I would have been like, yeah, you're right. You know, like, Hey Jeff, you got a lot of records upstairs you can listen to before you feel the need to buy something like i i feel like i I could rein it in i could control it um but maybe we're alcoholics (laughs) just just (laughs) trying to appease ourselves and saying we don't have a problem maybe we are i don't think we are though i think i I think you're right i don't think dr chris is coming back with some like you know that's just a justification no your son your son's getting pizza and my phone bill's getting paid like like we're well, at the end, at the end of every conversation, I was like, "What's the strategy? What do we do now?" And I was like, "Do I not buy 
any more albums. He's like, no, I'm not saying that. His big thing with me is always like, um, I guess to put it simply, it's like, if you approach something clockwise, try approaching it counterclockwise. And do I still arrive at the same, you know? Um, so like, hey, oh my gosh, I want that album. Don't buy it for a couple of days. You know, that that's kind of what he suggests. So anyway, yeah, he wasn't saying, good Lord God, please stop. Don't buy another album. Um, as I stare at it. I wanted to ask you, like, I, I don't know where you're sitting or what you did, because I'm in a field of, of albums. <laughs> when you look up, what's the first album you see? Uh, currently, Gears by Johnny Hammond, which was what I was listening to uh, yesterday. And, and just, I just had a, for... I just had a feel, just had an urge. How do you, how do you feel when you look at it about that purchase and, and, and things like that? Like, as we talk about this sickness, just kind of that, maybe the, the, the positive component to it all, like, <laughs> oh, we're, yeah, we're going to get to the positive components because, okay. um, like I texted you randomly after listening yeah, to did. that record being like, this is just your daily reminder that gears by Johnny Hammond is a heavy fucking record. And I should have bought it a billion years ago. That record for me is indicative of like a level up as a great digger for me. Cause that was my introduction to Larry and Fonce Mizell and the production and their production for blue right. note in the seventies and stuff like that. And I just, all the Donald bird shit that like, yeah. again, if you're a crate digger, you knew all that shit already, but I just kind of knew like, you know, the hip hop canon, you know, I knew, I, was just I knew, I knew the breaks and the samples and the things like that. And then I was out at some party at the Rivoli and some song played that I was like, what the what fuck is, is that? that? Um, and that's, that's the rush. That's what happened. Yeah. That's how many times have you and I been at hello records in Detroit? Oh yeah. At that turntable, just, you know, with a stack of cheapies that we found needle dropping and just grabbing the other person and being like, what the fuck is this? Shouts um, to Hello Records. Always shouts to Hello, Hello Records. Easily easily know, the best record shop in my life. Oh my God. I, I long for the day when we can be reunited because they moved locations. They got a new, uh, I, obviously I haven't been. Uh, I would love for you and I to be able to hop over to the D and see Hello in their new location. Cannot wait. I've never... I think every time I go to Hello Records, I post on Instagram after the fact, and it's just like, you know, seven rec at least seven records. And they're, ne oh. they're never expensive. They're like five oh. to seven bucks, ten bucks tops, and it's like, which you is, which can lead to like, that's that's a greater conversation about the culture of records, especially yes. me living in Toronto, where like, I see a record at Hello for $4, and I see it at other stores here in Toronto for 70 and I go, hmm. Yeah, I don't want to knock any any toronto shops but that was what i was going to say is that in my brain you know who we talking about yeah as, as much as we talk about the sickness and have i overspent definitely but like i feel like hello is the marker like i i feel like it's just well as of when we could go last it's still realistic like this is used material people that <laughs> sat in someone's basement for who knows how long before their grandkid brought it in to make a couple bucks. Like, you know, so when I go in and it's got Dorothy's name on the front uh, <laughs> in black marker, like, but you're only asking me three, four, five bucks. That's why. Yeah, I walk away with uh, $50 worth of soul albums because. Oh, yeah, my, my collection was built with like, you know, 
Hello Records 99 cent stickers on it. Or the Toronto version was uh, some DJ who'd passed away whose DJ right. name was Chuku. I got so many records with Chuku scrawled on the front or Soul Shack. <laughs> from <laughs> no. June? Yeah, mostly yeah. From, from June Records RIP, which was probably one yeah. of my favorite yeah. shops in Toronto. Do you um, know that I am almost like you remember when we went when they were closing? Uh, I'm almost out of the heavyweight uh, outer sleeves. <laughs> I, I love them, and I still I, I have them in the June bag still. And a little tear drops my eye every time. I, I just threw it. Yeah, I had <laughs> morning morning record shops of yesteryear. <laughs> I had a, I had sleeves on a June June records paper bag, and I just threw it out like uh, like a month ago and had the, had the same reaction. Here's we're a quick, not sick. We're not sick. No, no, we're not Crying over closed record stores. Speaking of not sick, most you spend on a single piece. You win here. You win here. Um, But I think for the longest time, I I came across this band called USA out of Vietnam. And uh, just heavy droning wonderfulness. That's not a word. Um, (laughs) but, But the only way to access it was, well, on vinyl, of course, I could have listened to it in other ways, but I had to have it. Um, and I think it was like 50 bucks, which that's oh, yeah, I, I win. I, I think after that, I have in great shape a promotional copy of London Calling by The Clash. Um, and I think uh, maybe 60, 75 bucks, maybe. Um, but even that, again, was like, that's pure sickness. So I listened to the podcast um, uh, that Chuck D did about, about the clash and kind of became all obsessed, had to have it all came across this copy of London call said no to it. Cause I think it was originally like a $90 and I was like, no, thanks. And then whoever was selling it dropped the price. And I was like, yeah, okay. Uh, and now as we're talking, I'm looking to see like, all right, in, in, at, at the top, on uh discogs it's 97 bucks so i'm probably at 120 for a single piece for a single but again i I said this earlier like you're late i play bass jordan plays the drums (laughs) which instrument is more expensive i like music jordan likes uh much harder to find uh music so yeah unfortunately there is a there is a cost factor associated. Unfortunately, with yes, getting a copy of uh, the pro- of Marco Shibe's promo street scandal. Is that what it was? Uh, it was either that. That was that was the grail from the Japan trip, where I was like, I'm getting one of these like top tier. Yeah. You know, if I had like four or five records that I was like, I knew were going to cost a mint, like a couple bills. Yeah. Um, even over there, even over there, forgetting yeah. forgetting a Discogs price gouge or anything, like I knew. I knew they were going to cost a couple bills. There were some that I did not want to get on Discogs because I don't, you know, it's still my my carrot to actually go, you know make sure I get yeah. over there. Spacey. Um, <laughs> yes, Spacey by Tatsuro Yamashita. Um, yeah. Although if it ever gets reissued, that's going to be real, real hard. Yeah, yeah. it's a challenge. Because um, that, that's, <laughs> mm, it'll be saving $250 on a reissue. That's going to be pretty hard to pass up. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, Mariko Shibe was um again, it's even even cats who are like into this shit don't it's not anywhere really on the um like in the pantheon, but it's just okay. it's so fucking funky and if you know it, you know it and it's I also don't I'm pretty good at not 
overpaying for stuff that is <laughs> so like I'm playing the game, right? Like it's I'm good at buying stuff that is either going to maintain or go up. Like I always oh, I, I always fall in for this chick Hatomatoy. And I've never gone in on one of her older repressings. Okay. But if she has a new one that comes out, every repressing she's dropped since like 2019, I will cop. And they immediately go up. And the, my, lo- my logic for copying is that if I don't cop it now, I'm never going to get it for this price again. Yeah. Like I, I do it. love I do love what's happening right now because it's like, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I remember saying to Janice, like, no, Janice, if I, you know, I was talking to Scott and if I get the, uh, you know, the one, the, the limited colorway direct from the artist's website, like it's going to go up in money. And now it did, you know, and then, uh, but like, yeah, like I'm never going to sell it. Like Finn will sell them. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not, I'm not going to make money on these things. Um, but I, you were just, and I, I guess I want to offer, uh, this point because I think sometimes I, I do like to try and track down originals if I can, but again, it's the financial difference in what, in what we collect. So the other day, just, uh, and, and this is not, this was just a holiday thing. Uh, Pusher man had uh, uh, sh- shit. The, uh, the Christmas album with Christmas and Hollis on it. Oh, the, so, the, the AIDS benefit album. Yeah. With, uh, Keith with the Keith Haring cover. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh shoot. How much is that? He's like, Oh, I got an original for 10 and I got the brand new one for 35. And I'm like, <laughs> well, fuck them. And, and that's my thing, right. Where I'm saying like, I'll, I'll look for the original because half the time it's cheaper. Whereas for you reissues would save you significant amounts of money. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a, one of the ones I knew I was never going to cop was, uh, this record called magical by Junko Hashi. And there are like three or four songs that are just fucking bangers. Like if they weren't available other places, it would probably pass the slap to dollar ratio. Even at like, (laughs) this is an insane statement and I still would never do it. I just want to put that out there to anyone who loves me. I would still never do it. (laughs) (laughs) But if I'm doing the math to my mind, Magical plas- passes the slap to dollar ratio, even at like 300 bucks. Whoa. I would never pay it, but it's fucking You're stacked. You're just saying. It's yeah, stacked. Yeah. But like of the four songs, I have one of them on like two different compilations. <laughs> two yeah. compilations I have have the same songs. And I splurged on another record that has the third one or the second one. But then there are two other songs from Magical that are getting pressed on a seven inch next year. Yeah. For like the first time ever. Um, and I will, I will buy that seven inch and I'll be done. And I don't even usually fuck with seven inches cause I think they're overpriced, but sure. I will, I will buy that seven inch and that will be it. And we will forget all about Junko Ohashi's magical. <laughs> and you're, you're saying all this and I am staring at a copy, an original copy from 1977 of Tico Rico by Hank Crawford. The opening, the opening of the title track is so incredible. And I paid $6 for that bitch. Like, yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, when we first got it, when we first got in, and we were buying like you know three dollars CTI joints and Kudu joints from uh, from Hello Records, yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. getting like Grover Washington albums and bringing them home, and it's all sample fare. It's all like '90s hip hop oh. samples, but you get them home and you'd be like, "This is the best music I've ever heard in my fucking life." Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This has gone on I, for a while. We should probably think about wrapping this up. We we ignored Caitlin's questions. I feel. I feel like we, no, we we touched on them. Okay, what were they again? Uh, what is the first thing that we would acknowledge was a sickness? What was yours? I said Spider-Man. Uh, I mean, it's, com- it's comic books. It's okay. when I was, like, actively, when all my, like, lawn mowing money was going to comic books. And honestly, after that, when you talk about the gap, it was probably just music again, but, like, CDs. But we were, like, always yeah. pooling our resources, right? Especially once, you know, burners were a thing. Yeah. We didn't, when we got something resembling a town or a record store in our town it was a dude with a mullet who like <laughs> sold cds off the side of a appliance store <laughs> in amherstburg ontario and, That's right. and one person would like splurge their lawn mowing money on like something that looked cool and you just hope might, for the best <laughs> might have been where i bought sponge <laughs> it's definitely where i bought quicksand um <laughs> Oh, but that wasn't a bad that 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 still stands out. That was pretty. That was good. Manic compression holds up. Um, yeah. And then you just pass it around. You know, we go to Dan. Yeah. Ryan, we go to Dan Ryan's basement and just you know swap shit and like listen to everything. Listen to everything we buy. I remember going to Dan's house when Super Unknown by. Uh, I didn't buy it first. You were Dan bought it first, and Super Unknown by Soundgarden came out. We like ran to Dan's house and heard it, listened to it on his parents' stereo. Oh man! And then like pass, okay. then passed it around to tape it. Everybody passed it. Took a took a weekend with it to tape it. Um, yeah, what was Caitlin's next? Uh... When did you know it was a sickness? When did you feel the bugaboo for the first time? When I looked in my basement and had fourteen long boxes of comic books. <laughs> <laughs> for the records, it was just like when I realized all I really cared to do with my time was go to record stores. Yeah, and I think that's it. I think when you recognize it's exploded into what I think about to fall asleep at night. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> when I'm on my break at work and I have my regular sites, I check. And, and okay. And that's, that's current, but I think, yeah, you, you like you said, when it's, <laughs> this is just out. How can I get my next fix? The, the fix or the, the ritual of it. Like in the comic yeah. book days, you and I would make runs. We <laughs> yep. throw up the sea on the, on, on my way to your car and head up to border city comics to like pick up our, you know, pull list for the week. And shouts to border city comics. Shouts to border city comics. What's up? Ken and Lynn and Tim, Ken, Lynn and Tim. Yeah. Is that all? Yeah, um, Tim's holding it down. Tim holds it down. still. they're still around. Good for them. Oh yeah. 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 Um, and for me now it was like going to record stores, even if I have no intention of buying anything. Yeah, you can go see Hisa or whatever. Right? I go see Hisa or I just pick a store I haven't been to in a while and just see what they got. Yeah. I have no intention of buying anything. I may not buy anything, but I'll see what's there and file it away. And being like, don't forget, Rotate This has, you know, that album and it costs that much. Just keep that yeah. in the back if you got a little extra scratch in a couple of weeks and you you know that's there. Again, it's that amassing knowledge type thing. It's just I got to yeah. know. I got to know what's out there. Like every pre-COVID, damn near every weekend I would go out for a day somewhere. I just pick a different spot. But I also feel like, you know, the, the nature of your lifestyle and the city you live in, like, that's a great way to spend an afternoon. It's Not a- like non-sickness. Like, I'm just saying, like, you know, I taking some time for yourself. so much. 
Yeah. The, oh, one, I... the one thing of the one thing of the before times I missed the most. Um, and Caitlin's other question was could you stop? when when's when's the end point? Oh, not could you stop? We came up with that on our, the end point. Honestly, I, I, I don't. I, I think it's more more. Could I stop if I had to? Yes. Is there an end point? No. no. Yeah. No. Or like it. And, and I get you and I have talked about this. I think. As I, okay, as I sit in this room where to the left is all of my vinyl records and to the right in my Detolf Ikea cases are my vinyl toys. I have no regrets. Uh, they look fantastic. Um, you know, I still follow those artists on Instagram or whatever. Like it's still, I'm still interested in, again, it's art to me, uh, the, the culture of graffiti and design and all that stuff. But it stopped. Like the the... The interest shifted. Uh, I couldn't justify spending the money, I suppose, any just, longer. It just didn't, didn't give the same dopamine hit that it used to. Yeah, yeah. And, and I honestly even think if that was something... Like, okay, Janice doesn't understand it, but the records are cool. Like, she's a music fan. You know what I mean? So, like, vinyl is is cool. Whereas, she can look at the toys and think they look kind of neat. But I think if I was still dropping cash on them, she'd be like, well, okay, well, let's talk about this. <laughs> Um, yeah. the re- the records at least have a certain utility, right? Like they, they yeah. can, they can soundtrack a moment that you can put them on when you're making dinner with your wife and you yeah. know, your kids bouncing around or whatever. Like that's, they serve a purpose. The toys just sitting there and doing nothing. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's aesthetically pleasing, but it's not, it's not fulfilling any greater no. purpose the way like music would. And I don't see for either of us because it has been. And I don't know, you kind of want to cut this off, but I had another thought. Like, our interest in music is never going to stop. And I suppose now, because of access to the, like, it is, I honestly feel like it's limitless. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, have discovered bands from the UK that I really enjoy in the past. Like, probably my two favorite discoveries of 2020, musically, were were two bands from the UK. Mm. Um, And like... I've not even scratched the surface on the world. You know what I mean? And that's, that probably sounds really sick, but just the the idea that do I, it could stop if it, if it had to. Um, But even to that end, like I've thought, and this, this is definite sickness, but like, you know, okay. Oh, I got to stop. Better stop. Oh, well, shit. That band that I have all of their other albums for is releasing a new album. How do I not purchase that one? Like that's completest attitude. Like that's we haven't even. I'm not saying we got to go there. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see. I don't see. Um, I don't see an end. Like my the, Monday is my favorite day because that's when my Discover Weekly drops, and I go on Spotify, and it's like, oh, you're just you know, you're slave to the algorithm. Sure, there's too much fucking music. So yeah. Discover Weekly is a starting point. It drops me 30 songs, some of which I already know, some of which are new to me for the first time, and it sends me down yeah. a rabbit hole, and I start digging up shit. Well, and, and if I'm even being completely honest, I never listened to Gears. So you are like, this is a really heavy album. I'm listening to it right now. I'm like, oh, shit. Well, I got an online teach in 20 minutes, but I guess I'm going to check out <laughs> Gears by Johnny Hammond. Uh, and uh, one guess, what was the first thing I did? I'm listening to it. What do I do? Check the year. Yes. I checked to see <laughs> if he released an album in 77. What you did? Well, then I guess this brings up 
one of the great mysteries of life. One of the things I've, <laughs> I've tried, I've tried to engage with and fully understand about you. I understand, I understand the impetus, and yeah. and I hate you for the fact that it always yields such such amazing results. Yeah. <laughs> Why 1977? I mean, it is our year of birth um old fucks that we are oh it's true yeah i i don't um honestly like it's you know sickness factor however many we've discussed like i i just think it was um you know how your mind operates when you're obsessing and thinking about something and i i think there was probably a connection with between like Oh, okay. Well, holy smokes. Uh, what are some things I'm interested in? Like, uh, you know, well, Rumors by Fleetwood Mac is a fantastic album. I'm going to want to own that. Oh, shit, that came out in 1977. Um, oh, I just got a bunch of Bob James albums. Oh, both of these are from 77? And, and you just start to see, like, what albums were fantastic. And, you know, uh, uh, my dog's name is David Bowie. You know, like, and Bowie himself released like three albums in 77, you know, like it, you just, the, the interests start to, um, but, but I mean, I've always had this problem more, more than yourself. Like, I don't know that you were ever a, a completist. I don't know that you needed to fill things, but for me, I guess it just, it became one of those things where there was enough of them from that year that were, Peter Gabriel's first solo album, 1977, like just things that were fantastic. And it just became an aspect of the collecting. What year did this come out? What year did this come out? And then, yeah, to to a stupid degree. Well, shit, I'm going to buy this ACDC album because it came out in 1977. <laughs> I have friends, I've seen this man try to snag a Roy Ayers album out of my hands that he's <laughs> never even heard of. No. When he saw 1977, <laughs> it came out in 1977. Um, although I do have to say, this motherfucker, like, the second he started looking for it and like told me about it, the pattern just emerges everywhere. Like the argument can be made. And I'm not even saying this because I'm some like, you know, I'm the like Gen X transitioning to boomer type thing. But like you can make the argument. It was the greatest year in music. Oh my gosh. There is. Yeah. There there are a lot, you know, and and I suppose if you want to like punk and funk and disco and, yeah, soul and rock and I'm even talking about my fucking lane I go down yes. the, oh my God. the first fucking city pop record I bought was Sunshower by Taiko Anuki and it came out in 77 yeah Spacey came out in 77 yeah you're not you're not wrong like I think there there are just when you really start to think about like so you, Sex Pistols and The Clash both of their first albums 77 like and hey sure uh, you you can look at there's a lot of great bands like zeppelin didn't release anything in 77 you know what i mean the beatles were long since done if, if these are some of our um you know great pillars of rock music right like but i don't know i just grabbed uh animals by pink floyd because it came out in 77 <laughs> like, uh but i suppose like to, to go back again to how vast it is i, I feel like um rock references are easy but that's not necessarily, well, for you, I mean, you've made it pretty clear, but it, that's not my first, like, jazz funk fusion became an obsession. <laughs> like, I salivate over $3 soul albums <laughs> as opposed to, and, and when you just start to see, like, oh, Isaac Hayes, 1977, you know, like, yeah, it's, 
it's a good year. It's a good year in music. Well, that was a lot of sickness talk, y'all. And you know what is – and I'm not trying to push this further, but I feel like we could go for days. We could go all night. We could yeah. literally go all night yeah. talking about this shit. But we won't go all night. We will spare you. We will cut it off here. We may talk Too off – Too old to go all night. <laughs> we may talk off mic for another 45 minutes, but for, for y'all, we'll let, we'll let y'all off the hook. Mr. Malosh, thank you for giving up your Saturday night. For a little oh no! Thank you. Holiday treat for the people, friends. I hope this gave you some insight into uh, into what it is to live inside of the sickness. And uh, they're running. They're all running scared. <laughs> subscriber numbers are just plummeting, <laughs> just dropping. Spotify numbers are going to be like down four hundred percent after <laughs> for twenty twenty one. Bring Caitlin back. That fucker. <laughs> oh boy, another podcast where two white dudes sit around and yammer for an hour. <laughs> The one fucking thing they, the world, one fucking thing the world they needs. They tried to talk about not just rock music to sound smart, <laughs> but they're not friends. All all woke and shit. <laughs> if you have thoughts on the sickness or would like to finger wag at either of us, I will pass your messages on to Mister Malosh. Thank you. If you get at us on Twitter at GeekDownPod. Otherwise, get the show wherever you get your audio content. I'll be back with Kate next week. For a regular standard episode of the Geek Down Podcast, returning to legacy numbering, we hope you will join us for that. Friends, thank you so much for your time. It means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson for Mr. Malash. We hope you will join us next time. Peace out. Yeah.